0: Hello, dear listener. It's me, James. As you can see, there's no compact dicks this week. Dan's off because his wife gave birth to a beautiful baby boy, so he's busy doing that. Uh, but with Dan off, we didn't want you to miss out on your fix of dicks, so we put together some of the funniest moments from the podcast in a format we're calling Top of the Cox. You're welcome. Some amazing stories and funny clips in this episode, but I'll let you find out that for yourselves when you have a listen. We may do a few of these and we'd love to hear your favourite moments from the podcast so far. And the best way for you to do that is to head over to at Dixpod on Twitter and Instagram and let us know there. And please continue to submit your choices for compact dicks for when Dan gets back over at Dixpod.com slash contacts. In the meantime, enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Bye. <laughs> Hi, I'm James Deacon, and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to you. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian Ash Friff. Hello. Hi, hi Ash. How are you? I'm brilliant. I'm really good. I almost meant a high comedian then.
1: High comedian. Because <laughs> you said, Are you, is it just a comedian now? And I was like, Yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah, just comedian. That is all I am. Here he is, comedian. <laughs> just uh, comedian. They'll Ah. they'll know me from that. If you just say, if you just put on it, comedian, they'll go, oh, that'll be Ash. Oh, that'll be Ash. Yeah, yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah. he's comedian. He's the only one. (laughs) Ash, should we dive in? Who's going to be your first choice for your Desert Island Dicks?
1: Well, it was an easy choice for the first one. Um, It's my son. Your son? Yeah, straight in. He is, a, <laughs> he is a dick. Is he? He's a proper dick. Honestly. Your son! Yeah, I've known him for a long time, and he's just not getting any better. Oh, my God. He, um, why your why son? It all started... <laughs> all started... You should have seen the mess he made. Of, no, it doesn't matter. No. Um, he, um, he... When he was one... So this there's a whole list of things that this boy has done. Honestly, okay. you wouldn't fathom it. I don't okay. know. If he was a mate... Uh, We wouldn't still be mates. Oh, my Do You know what I mean? It's that. It's like, you know the guy that when you go out and he always gets pissed and starts fights, and (laughs) you go, I can't hang around with Steve anymore. No. Bell end. (laughs) That's it, yeah. Like, this kid, he's pushing his luck. Seriously. When he was one, um, he destroyed the family home. Okay. He cost £86,000 worth of damage. Is this real? Genuine, yeah. £86,000? Yeah, at one years old. What did he do? So he... um, My ex uh, at the time, uh, we're not together anymore, Mm. I won't go into the ins and outs on it, but suffice to say uh, (laughs) I I was in the right. Um, Okay. She she put uh, the shopping on the side, and in the shopping was a 150ml air freshener, like an uh, an aerosol air freshener. Right. And uh, So I'd gone to football, and his mum had gone out, and we had a babysitter there, and while she was going to warm his milk up in the kitchen, he had grabbed this little aerosol and put it on the hob and turned the hob onto one. Oh. And it warmed it and warmed it warmed it. She made his milk, went into the lounge, they're sitting there having, you know, watching Teletubbies or whatever, having some uh, having some milk. All of a sudden, she hears a noise, goes out into the kitchen, the can explodes. Oh, my God. And the expansion of the gas, it's only 150 mil, but the expansion of the gas destroyed the house. Like, it blew the front and back walls off of the house, so they separated from the house.
2: Oh, my God. Every
1: window was broken. <laughs> The loft hatch snapped in half. Tiles fell off in the bathroom. There was a fireball which burnt things in the kitchen. It singed the babysitter's hair. What? Flew the patio doors out, uh, which is not a euphemism. Uh, and uh, and so from and then, but my mate, who is the babysitter's now husband, he phoned me up at football. I just literally touched my bum down at the football, and he went, "Oh, the uh, the glass has blown out on your oven." i was like, right. I was like, "Yeah, that can happen. Don't worry too much." Okay. He, he went, "Okay," I hung up the phone. And then about a minute later, he phoned back and went, "No, it's it's really bad. You're oh, going to have to no. come home." So I um I drive home straight home from the football, didn't watch the match, and uh, it was destroyed. Like the uh, from the bathroom, you could see into the into his bedroom, the dining room downstairs, and the kitchen downstairs. It had separated the back of the back wall of the house off. And when they come and investigated it, they found out that the beam that supports through that we were like mid terrace. Yeah. So the beam that supports the house. Uh, there was only two inches of brick holding that on front and back. If that had gone, the whole house would have come down. Oh my! So yeah, they'd been dead. That's crazy. It's absolutely mad. But the best thing about it was we'd only made one payment to the insurance company. We paid thirteen pound sixty, and they paid out fully eighty six thousand pounds. We had to move out for six months while the house was rebuilt. They like, took the front and back off, rebuilt it up, and yeah, uh, we got the you know we got a lovely new house out of it. That is unbelievable. Yeah, that is mad. That's uh, that's scratching the surface, a little prick. Honestly, though. So it's it's Can gone I
0: unpack on for a few things from that though.
1: Yeah, go for it. Yeah, please.
0: How is a one year old getting an aerosol, putting it on the on the hob and turning it on?
1: <laughs> well, that's what social services said. But no, um, he um, it was just you know he was standing and walked. Through. He was, he was maybe. He, you know, one and a few months, I guess, so yeah. he uh, was standing and could manoeuvre around yeah. but with his lightning hands. So oh he, my. He's got the devil in him, possessed, genuine, that, genuinely possessed. That, that is insane. But he... Um, that is one of the most mental stories All I've of ever. the neighbours come running out because it was like a bomb going off. So right, All okay. of the neighbours were out, you know, the fire brigade, the police were there. <laughs> um, but uh, a funny thing is as well, we... Um, we had um, forensic scientists come to find the cause, cause. We didn't know what the cause of it was straight away because mm. all of the cupboards blew off in the kitchen. So the kitchen where it happened was just a mess. Everything had come off the walls, and the uh, forensic scientists come in to find out the cause of it. And he had just been to a fire just up the road, a house fire, and so we had this sort of carpet through the hallway. And as he walked in, he just trod these sort of silvery ash footprints through the floor. And then he looked back at the mess he'd made. He went did I just do that? I went, yeah, you, you did. He went, yeah, that all happened in the explosion. <laughs> so we got all of that redone. God, really? Everything was redone. Oh Moved into like a shiny new house. Like, it was incredible. So for all the bad he did, we did get... You know, the best yes, okay. renovation of all time. Yeah, yeah. The insurance company were brilliant, though, because um, I phoned them up and they were just like, don't worry about it, Just uh, we'll put you up and send us the bill. So everything that was damaged, they, we just bought all new stuff and they we sent them the bill and they just paid for it. So That's incredible. It was amazing. They were incredible, to be fair to them. But, um, but your son did this. He did it, and I know that he meant it as well.
0: Yeah, you, you know that he did it with spite.
1: still got a little thing in his eye, you know, every now and again. He's just still got that little thing in his eye. <laughs>
3: And here to share their Desert Island dicks with us today is broadcaster, comedian, writer and podcaster... John Holmes. Everyone's a podcaster now, aren't they? Yeah. Have you noticed recently how that has
4: been added to everybody's CV that you've ever met? Yeah. You know, a guy comes around your house uh, and he goes, so what's the problem? You go, oh, I've got a, a leaking tap. And he goes, right, I'm a plumber, also a podcaster. And that <laughs> happens now. It's yeah. people, uh, everyone can do it. So, yeah, here we are.
3: I mean, it's about it's just a
4: given, you might as well say. It is a Human slash podcaster. You might as well. It might just be the catch-all. If John just said, yeah, I identify as a podcaster, <laughs> it would cover everything. And all those problems and arguments. From the various lobbies yeah. would go away. So, uh, during another stint of presenting, uh, or this time at XFM Breakfast, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and as you'll know, if you're, you're presenting a radio show, you often have to go to junkets to interview A-list celebrities about their films. Yeah. Okay, so big Hollywood stars, and you get maybe I don't know seven allocated minutes with a room full of PRs and the star, and you wait outside in a corridor to queue up, uh, and then you're wheeled in as somebody from, I don't know, Five Live or whatever, where it's just wheeled out. It's your turn with this star. Who, of course, I get, right, they are, as part of their contract to promote this film, are sitting in a hotel suite, you know, bored out of their minds yeah. saying the same thing over and over again about this film.
3: And they're quite they're very rigorously maintained time wise, aren't they? There's like it's sort of meticulously, you know, as soon as one's out, the other one's in. So Absolutely. It's, it's not always I mean it's sort of I can imagine it, it just breeds hostility on their part yeah. because they probably just feel like a cog in a massive That's machine. Exactly don't they? right. But they're the centre cog, right? Mm. They're the big name.
4: They are paid a lot of money. Yeah. Right, in order to make a film and then promote it as part and, and to promote a film at least be enthusiastic about it. At least give something to the poor sod (laughs) presenter who's got to come in, you know, across town or whatever and sit in a corridor for an hour waiting for seven minutes with you. And if that's happening, you should put some effort in, I think. Yeah, I think that's that's, only fair. Because you're selling their bloody film for them. Yeah, as well. You're then going to go, oh, we've got so-and-so on the programme today, and he's talking about, or
3: she's talking about, whatever it is. And, you know, at the end of the day, however much that might be an an exhausting, tedious thing to do for you, the film star, you could still have the option of taking six months off to live in one of your houses with your family. Also, you're
4: an actor. Act. You don't don't have to like it. (laughs) Just do some fucking acting. (laughs) So, anyway, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow, big Arnie! Yeah, controversial. Big Arnie, big dick. <laughs> um, it wasn't that kind of hotel suite meeting. Um, is he controversial?
3: Did you, did you? I mean, do you, you have an impression of him already? I no, I don't. know. I mean, I think I say controversial because I think he's a popular figure. Yeah. I don't know if anyone. I don't know if I have an idea of whether he'd be nice or not. It's not, you know. <laughs> okay, now I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, here's what happened. Okay. But I mean, there's a lot of people that you kind of go. Yeah, we love his films, but famously a dick. With Arnie, I think he's sort of managed the public persona. He's yeah. managed to sort of... He's fairly neutral, isn't he? And it is almost a bit of a cult figure, you know. I think you're right. I think mm. you're
4: right. And he became governor of California, didn't he? With, yeah. You know, Because he's got charisma, mm. you know. But So here's what he did, right? So I uh, got wheeled in for my seven minutes, okay? And the PR said, uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger, uh, this is John. Uh, he's from a radio station called XFM here in London. Um, and... Uh, and and he's you know he's he's next in like that and he didn't look up right for no reason why he should right he was reading a coffee table book right off he just picked it up off the 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 coffee table in this hotel suite and it was like a big art book like hardback proper big old thing uh, we, And I can't remember what it was but I you know big glossy pages that kind of thing and he was just staring at it you know on his lap and she said again I mean Schwarzenegger uh I've got John from. He was probably thinking, oh, it's that bloke Williams doesn't like. I'm not, I'm not talk to him. <laughs> Um but he but he he didn't again he didn't look up. And I thought, well, he might, he might be hard of hearing. I well, don't know. He's been around a lot of explosions in his yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. He's fired bazookas off his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And that's the shoulder with the ear nearest to me. So we can forgive yeah. him that. So I thought, OK, that's, yeah, that's fine. And anyway, he's, you know, he's probably a bit jaded. He's been doing this all day. I'm the 25th person <laughs> to do this today. So I sort of wandered over, because then you, know, you have to sit next to him to do the interview while the producer's just sort of plugging in microphones. Mm. And I stood directly in front of him and I, and, I, and I I didn't say Mr Schwarzenegger. You know, I thought I'm not going down that route. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, uh, so I, and I didn't say Arnie, because I thought that's a bit familiar. Yeah. So I went with Arnold. Safe ground, you'd think. What is his name? <laughs> well, that's what I think. <laughs> uh, I said, no, Arnold, I'm John. It's really nice to meet you. And I held out my hand right to shake. Now, this is pre-coronavirus, obviously. It's yeah. a while ago. So there's no reason why I shouldn't have shaken my hand. Mm. Um, and it, he didn't look up. Now, I'm standing in front of him. Right in front of him. I mean... Not a foot away, okay? Wow. The book is on his lap. I am now between the coffee table and his lap. And he's still staring at this book, all right? And I, and I, I said, I said, I said, oh, really nice to meet you. I'm John. Nothing. He then, pointedly, turned one of the pages of the book. Wow. Right? And I was like, this is weird. What's going on? So I thought, well, and my hand's still, still <laughs> outstretched in that awkward way. So that well, I can either retract my hand or... I could do what I did, which was to put my hand between the book and his face. <laughs> sort of reaching across. So he was literally then staring at my hand. Oh, man. At that point, he didn't take it. At that point, though, he looked up and just stared at me. Wow. To the point where I thought, it's quite intimidating. I'll probably <laughs> yeah. sit down. So I sat down. Now, that's not a good start, is it? And then I thought, OK, well, the interview, I've got seven minutes... So, what I, lo- what I like to do when I'm interviewing, a, a, you know, a Hollywood type, I don't actually want to pile in talking about their film because I know they're bored of that. Mm. So, I'll come in with something else I've found out or, you know, standard yeah. operating technique, mm. isn't it? So, I started by telling you. I said, I said okay, X-Men Breakfast with Arnold Schwarzenegger and... um uh, and he—he's uh, got this film to promote, but uh, but never mind that. Um, let me tell Arnold. Oh, let me tell you this. And he thought he was looking at me by now, because you know that's mm. fine. There's PRs all sitting around as they do. And uh, I said a friend. Of, I told him a story back where a friend of mine went for a job once. a Madame to Swords, okay, and um, didn't get the job. But after the interview, went outside for a fag at the, in an alleyway at the back, um, where uh, or, or somewhere out the back where they were kick, chucking out a load of old. Waxworks, right. right, and just stuff, right? And he, he nicked Arnold's old head, right? <laughs> <laughs> and this I mean, this is years ago. Uh, and then he left it on, on a tube. He left it on the circle line. Wow. So I told Arnold that story because <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah. And just said, so somewhere, Arnold, your head is going round and round the circle line. That's quite a funny story yeah, yeah. that you think he could have interacted with, right? Yeah. You know, you know, he could have said, it's going round and round, it'll be back, or something. <laughs> anything! <laughs> yeah, just... Anything on! I'm giving it to you on a plane here! <laughs> but no, he just stared at me, didn't say anything, looked over at the PR, and just shrugged his shoulders, as if to say, what the fuck is this going on about?
3: Wow. Yeah. And wow. I mean, none of, what's, what I keep thinking is... None of this behaviour had started from anything you've done. You no, know, like you've just walked in. And and maybe I am just happened. that kind of person.
4: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And then, but then, so we did. We did it, and I gave up doing anything different. I just said, "Oh, tell me about the film." And he went, "Yeah, the film is with guns, <laughs> right?" And and that's fine. And then I got you know five minutes yeah. of of just every single line he'd said and rehearsed that I heard in every interview that he did across that. PR period so I went back to to work and mm-hmm. said to the producer I said we're not using that shit it's, it's boring uh, 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 unless we I tell this story mm. and we pitch shift his voice up to be that of a chipmunk <laughs> um, and and then we play that out yeah okay and, and he went yeah I was like, yeah it's fine that's funny uh, I said because you know I, I reserve the right to make h- him entertaining given he was so boring yeah I think that's fair it's that's my, you're my right. show Do you
1: yeah.
4: right. anyway so we did <laughs> now and it was, it did haha funny on twitter right Mm -hmm. and then someone added him in (laughs) yeah let's just say right since that moment i am now no longer invited to any arnold schwarzenegger junkets or interviews and even though he's been back a couple of times since with different films i have been pointedly told by the film company that mr schwarzenegger does not require (laughs) me to come
3: in <laughs> I think, in terms of your life and sanity, you've probably done yourself a favor by being blacklisted by Arnie there.
0: And here to share their Desert Island dicks with us today is Absolute Radio broadcaster and host of the Game Week podcast, Matt Dyson.
5: Hello there. Mm. How are you, Deco? I'm fine. I'm the excellent. Archdeacon you? of dicks. <laughs> Finally, he's invited me on. Excellent.
0: Thank I'm, you. I've been waiting for this moment
5: for a long time. <laughs> I've been looking forward to it too. Finally, our, our, our schedules have aligned. I'm here, I'm, I've got dicks in hand, and I'm ready to go. No problem. All right, let's dive in. Who's going to be you first, Dave? Uh First up, I think... I think I'm going to go with uh, anyone who is on a millionaire's housewife's TV show. Have oh, you seen that any? That is of so these? good. Have you seen any of these? Uh, give us some examples. My wife watches them constantly. Right, this is part of the reason I hate them so much. We had to get a special uh, sort of content provider called hey you on our telly, so she can watch all the latest ones. They're all around the world. Right, it's like. Um, Basically, it's uh, rich women yep. with plastic surgery yes. all over their faces and bodies <laughs> yeah. getting together to get drunk and argue with each other uh, yeah. and hate each other. And it is horrible, horrible television. And they're all over the world. They started off just in America, like in Atlanta or yes. L.A., uh, Beverly Hills. Now there's one in, There's one from Cheshire, I believe. There's oh, one. right, They're yeah. in Australia, they're mm. in Melbourne. And they're all exactly the same, <laughs> the exact same formula every single time rich women covered in plastic surgery, give them some wine and watch them all fall out.
0: Wow, so you're talking specifically about the real
5: housewives of... The real House? that's it, that's them, the real housewives of Beverly Hills. Of wherever. Or of Melbourne or, yeah. or anywhere. There's loads of them and it's horrible. That sort of series of programmes is ridiculous. Oh, it's crazy, but... Nothing actually happens... No, absolutely nothing. They just get together. They really they live their opulent lifestyles, yes. and then complain about each other and how much they hate each other. That seems to be it. What's the draw? Why are people watching it? I don't know. I've tried to get to the bottom of why Katie watches it, and like she just likes to watch women argue. She just likes to see what they're arguing about, how they conduct arguments, right. How they bitch about each other behind their backs. Right. Okay. It's sort of. In a way, sometimes when I watch it, I feel myself almost getting dragged in, but I. I correct myself and say, what the hell are you doing? It's just, it's not just the women on the show, it's the way they do the show. So, on these American shows, they're always teasing ahead Mm. for something. So, they're saying, welcome to The Real Housewives. This is coming up later. Oh, there's a woman with plastic surgery (laughs) who's just bitched about her friend. (laughs) And then, and then they go, and then that's coming up later, now we'll start here. And then going into a break, they say, that's coming up later, don't forget about that. And then after the break, that thing happens, and then after that, they tease back to it and go, remember that thing that It's all just filler. It is filler. (laughs) It's, it's, I don't know how long an episode is um, I think it might be an hour with adverts and just constant teasing ahead <laughs> and teasing backwards because nothing happens nothing of real interest happens
0: so when you're watching on these things are you getting it just straight from is it like a stream from America you get all their adverts
5: or all, they I cut all that stuff out it's on normal TV so yeah no it's right, with right. adverts it's okay. adverts and everything so yeah that's all and it's just the constant the way they do they do it on Ramsey's TV kitchen nightmares as well yeah it's all just filler nothing actually very little actually happens and they're just constantly building up to it or talking back about it. It's full of filler. I'm not, not even their faces. Their faces are full of filler. <laughs> yeah. And the TV show yeah. is just filler. Yeah. Absolutely zero thriller. The stuff they talk about, I mean, they, they argue about all sorts of stuff about how they hate each other. And, and one of the things, I heard this uh, phrase for the first time ever, scrotox. What's that? Do you know what that is? No. It is because they're so obsessed with injecting stuff into their faces. They now have moved on to their husband's gonads. No. their, Their husband's scrotum... Gets uh, Botox put in it, what so what? it's smooth it? and no. wrinkle-free. Like who's ever cared about the state of their scrotum? <laughs> I'm quite happy with my wrinkly ball bag, thank you. It's never going to need any work. Scrotox? Who even sees it? Who sees it?
0: It's like they've gone for the name because it works, and then work backwards. Right, okay, yeah, right. right. We've done Botox. Now what next? Um, uh, sc- scr- uh, Leg sc- scr- scrotum. Yeah. I don't know how it went from legs to scrotum.
5: Should stick it in ball sacks. Yeah. <laughs> Do they want it? No no one wants it I can't imagine a man wanting it who's are you S- constantly got their ball bag on display on it are you seeing people with scrotox no they just talk about it oh, I mean, okay, you, know, okay. don't, you don't see the injection you do I think you do see them having plastic surgery the aftermath and all that wow but it's just such an insane world a completely different world to my own but one that I want nothing to do with and yeah. never want to meet anyone from they're all such odious people man it's just disgusting there's a lot to unpack there yeah. I don't know it's from so everything weird. that
0: you've just Said, I don't even know where to start picking things. It's, it's a horrible show. But when they get plastic surgery, do you see them there with like all their bandages and their bruised I think faces I've and- seen
5: episodes because it's often on in the background, so I see episodes yes. where they are there. They've got like the stuff on their nose. You know, when you have your nose done, right? And they yeah. basically, you can look at their faces and you can see <laughs> everything's been done. It's, all it's madness, done. absolute madness, and because they've got loads of money. Because they're all millionaires, they all mm. they do it Just again. keep doing, it's doing like it. Yeah. It's like oh a hobby. It's like a hobby to them. It's something it's, to do in it. It's crazy, isn't yeah. it? I mean,
3: it's bizarre. And here to share their desert island dicks with us today is comedian Alison Spittle. Hello. Hello. How are you doing?
6: Good. Good. I suppose we're all having our own version of the uh, desert island dicks. Now, the moment with the corona.
3: Yeah, uh, uh, hopefully you can find it a bit cathartic and get stuff off your chest a little bit while you're you're stuck in uh, in lockdown over in Ireland.
6: Oh, no, I'm living in London. Oh, you're in London. If I was in Ireland, I'd be a lot happier. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and what's going to be your food choice?
6: Yeah. Oh, so the food choice is going to be, uh, I'd, I'd say this, you get this a lot, uh, calamari. I hate calamari.
3: Calamari? Yeah. Right.
6: Yeah, mm. and and I'm talking about the breaded type. I think it comes from a memory where um, I went to Disneyland Paris with my grandparents and it was an all-you-can-eat buffet and I was like, happy days. I was eight years old. Mm. The prime, my prime, I think, <laughs> being an eight-year-old <laughs> in, in uh, Disneyland. And... Um, I, I picked up what i thought was onion rings sat mm. down uh the, the the texture still makes me sick to this day like yeah it's just not nice
3: yeah it's a very you know? funny it's like if you described it to someone and you weren't allowed to say what it was you're like no try it it's not not a strong taste kind of like rubbery yeah you know it, it's a weird way to describe things yeah isn't
6: and it? i just don't like breaded surprises i don't like surprises <laughs> in my food especially when it's covered in breadcrumbs and uh, I feel like I was lied to. Uh, even though I wasn't to, it was in French it was very clear what it was <laughs> if you spoke French
3: and I suppose as an eight-year-old as well it's very uh disconcerting because when you f- when you go oh what's this and they say oh don't worry it's a squid I mean that's going to be quite scary to an eight-year-old
6: yeah and then someone ca- came up to me last year and said to me uh, no, they didn't come up to me and then start the conversation with Alison. Um, you know, they use pork anuses as calamari.
3: Pork anuses,
6: well, I mean, this came up in a conversation and then they popped it. Wasn't, it wasn't like a town crier, yeah. Apparently, like, um, the pork anuses have been found uh, in what was described as calamari rings because they have a similar texture.
3: Wow, but
6: that could be, you know, what actually the. When I said that out loud, sounds like a lie. I'm just going to quickly type in pork anuses. (laughs) Well, this is going to
3: be an interesting search result. See, it's good we're we're all uh, locked down because if you're doing this at work, I mean, it could lead to a a whole world of trouble.
6: Oh, the. The police would be kicking in my door I'd be put on a list, wouldn't I? <laughs> um Oh, so apparently it's Calamari's modest cousin, the imitation calamari that has the shit. <laughs> I'd never want to be known as Calamari's modest cousin.
3: Oh, anything's modest cousin. Meet my modest cousin, the pig anus.
6: Pig anus <laughs> Um yeah, that's it. it's a calamari, it's a, is that, ca- oh my, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a website called Is That Calamari or Pig Rectum?
3: Wow, a whole website?
6: Oh no, sorry, it's a, it's an article. Imagine if there was a website called Is That Calamari or Pig Rectum and <laughs> you could just <laughs> click on it and it would tell you, yeah.
3: Truly these are modern times.
6: So artificial calamari is a pig, pig rectum.
3: So. Wow. Well, i tell you what, I mean, I'm going to throw that in there with you as well, I think. You know, imagine yeah. if you don't like one, you're probably not keen on the other.
6: <laughs> so I get a choice, like a buffet of either calamari or pig ricked.
3: Well, I thought the worst thing would probably be to be like a big lucky dip and you don't know which one you're going to get.
6: <laughs> like like a really horrible version of Revels. Like yeah.
0: Wow. Mm. And here to share their desert island dicks with us today is Mark O'Sullivan and Miles Chapman, actors, writers and creators of Lee and Dean.
7: Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Thank really good, you. thank you. Yeah, very
0: well. Good. Yes, a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for coming in. Wait, with... Can I just tell you, yeah. Miles
2: referred to the show earlier as desert island desks. Desert island desks. By mistake.
7: Imagine that. Yeah. yeah, that, that quite limited appeal. So you go, oak will be mine <laughs> yeah. yeah, or okay, black or ash, black ash, black yeah. ash. Yeah, yeah. with tubular yeah, uh, sort of steel. Use good. Use a pretty wood. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah.
0: Where's Where's your knowledge of uh, of desks come
7: from? Oh, it,
2: just general everyday life. Yeah, G- yeah. just
0: general desk, ge- yeah. desk You have use. a small collection in your loft. I love
2: I love a desk.
0: <laughs> I mean, I felt I felt like I'd gone fairly niche, but uh, Desert Island Desks is a whole new yeah angle. <laughs> like, <laughs> Desert,
2: Desert Island Docks. Where you mention your favourite docks. Yeah. Least
7: favourite dock. Yeah.
2: Uh, I'm gonna go Albert in Liverpool.
7: Uh, De- Desert Island Dogs. I'm gonna go.
2: Mm, i okay. Um not
7: to far Folkestone <laughs> Folkestone Is there a dock at
5: Folkestone?
2: Yeah Of course there is Boats go from there all the Absolutely, time Absolutely yeah I mean, Probably that's... in just saying boats I've really upset someone Because they're probably not boats
0: But are these the docks That you want to keep Or are they uh, your favourite docks Or your least favourite docks
2: I haven't got that far to No know. okay fair <laughs> enough Yeah I'll be honest
7: I like Liverpool docks yeah. Liverpool docks It's very It's good down there It's, it's fancy all, around there yeah, now yeah. It. It's very, yeah it's very fancy
2: now um, uh, Alright You're <laughs> you working for them <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mark and Miles. Now, mercifully, among the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. But unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the
7: world. What are they, and why are they so bad?
2: You're going to talk about your f- least favourite meal,
7: aren't you? I am now. Miles, a good, good follow-on from Mark. Very kindly said, I'm a, an excellent cook, and I do enjoy. Didn't mean it. Thank you. I do enjoy really good food, simply put together, and okay. I'm a. Not obsessional cook, but I enjoy cooking a lot. He is a nice. And, and when cook. I get a, a terrible meal, it puts me in a terrible mood. Um, my worst meal, unfortunately, I'm going to have to lay uh, firmly on the doorstep of my wife, Jill. <sighs> this is dangerous. Yeah. Is there a going to listen to I did speak this? to my wife about this tomorrow and said, okay. are you okay with me saying this? She said, it's fine. She did sort of laugh <laughs> oh, it. Oh, that's the
2: answer you want, isn't it? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Do what you want.
7: You uh, will anyway. the show miles, you Fine. will anyway, yeah. um, So she has uh, a meal called a must-go meal. What's a must-go meal? Right, so you're, you look intrigued. So yeah. Jill occasionally, about once a month or every couple of months, open the fridge and go, oh, there's so much stuff in it, we're not going through. She calls it a must-go, an M-U-S-T. go an M M-U-S-T. must-go must meal. A must-go. So a must-go is getting all sorts of things out the fridge that, A, don't go together, B, are on the wire of best before. Okay, yeah. And you just get this just really... A bleak, vile smorgasbord of nonsense on the table that no one really wants. So you get if like... that was in uh, a restaurant, that yeah. would be the description. An oblique, Eight, vile smorgasbord. smorgasbord of nonsense. Well, that's what it's like. So you get like a roast potatoes three days old and a bit of coleslaw and some cheese that's kind of on the way. Some <laughs> yeah, salad yeah. that if you pick around enough, yeah. you find a couple of leaves that are just about edible. And it just puts me in such a... Be- and she goes, I hope you don't mind doing a must My heart... Oh. So sinks it absolutely sinks I quiche I can't stand shot ball quiche that puts me in a terrible mood oh, I love a shot bought quiche I can't stand shot ball quiche well, I've gone for hours about food I can't stand jacket potatoes and coleslaw Fuck you, that! I can't stand it. <laughs> There's so much I can't bear. So strongly, I, I get really passionate about food. I can't bear. You do like a jacket potato with coleslaw? No, it's just awful. What would awful. you have in a jacket potato? Uh, just butter and cheese. Can oh, I recommend
2: and you never go to a garden centre? No, that's a yeah. good yeah. We've we've um,
7: we've been a couple of times. So we go. That's a garden centre. It's a depressing place to eat. But, um, but yeah, a must. Yeah. Jill's must go meal. Imagine is, having a date in a garden centre cafe. Yeah. So, so here's another one. So just adding off, just have a date Imagine that as your jacket. Very nice. Might get in bulbs later. I really like your face. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, that reminds me. That's the other sort of food I can't stand, So I must go. a must-go. A follow-on from that is, you know when someone says, oh, everyone bring a dish to a party, yeah, and yeah. everyone just brings the same shit. You end up in about... Twenty quiches, twenty <laughs> yeah. flaffles, yeah. twenty packs of as the donuts. Twenty—it's uh, all the same nonsense. One of so those basic dips.
0: Yeah, yeah. one oh. of those little packs of of tiny little three different types of hummus.
8: Do you That's I mean, it. In, yeah. in, in, a, in a tower. Yeah, it's yeah. just
7: oh, I hate it. Yeah. I can't bear. I can't bear a, a meal that has no place to be on the same plate. It's no sense mm. It doesn't speak to each other. I find that. You don't like, Yeah, food speaking to each other. It does. You know, like oh, sorry, I'm talking about ponce here, but you know, ingredients sort of connect and you know when you have a meal that doesn't do that I get very wound up
0: <laughs> sorry Mark you've, <laughs> you've really painted a picture of yourself here yeah um, I have you were Miles
7: and his connecting food <laughs> that could be a board game I might speak to Palatine can I just say
2: now it couldn't be a board game because it's a shit Miles idea Miles is
7: connecting
0: food twiglets with <laughs> <laughs> Got get
8: connect twiglets with
0: the bin and here to
3: share their desert island dicks with us today is dj and radio and tv presenter bobby friction
8: how are you doing hello dan i'm so happy to be discussing uh dicks with you of all people let's get um... amongst the dicks bro let's get amongst them dicks right now
3: (laughs) Uh, we'll get stuck into some dicks (laughs) Uh, good well i'm glad you're up for it today okay and who who would be your third choice to go on the island with you
8: all right the sheriff of nottingham right. Sheriff of Nottingham, nice. And a particular Sheriff of Nottingham, not the one from Robin Hood. The Sheriff of Nottingham, who was the Sheriff of Nottingham when I went to Nottingham Trent University. Okay. This bastard came for me, and I've never (laughs) forgotten.
3: Really? Talk us through it. This is extraordinary.
8: All right, so the Sheriff of Nottingham, I ended up going to uni, uh, and I've, I've mashed up my first year of uni. You know, I didn't really go to any lessons and all that stuff. So anyway, to cut a long story short, the Sheriff of Nottingham... Was also a lecturer, a lecturer on my course at uni. So <laughs> I used to get, and, and he was the main lecturer, the main guy. And I did a communication studies degree, and so he was also the sheriff. And what happened was, uh, I didn't really go to that many lessons. He obviously thought I was a bit of a, a dick. Weirdly <laughs> enough, seeing as, as we're talking about some dicks, he thought I was a massive pulsating dick. I mean. I did wear ridiculous (laughs) clothes, I'd wear makeup (coughs) into class, I'd ask stupid questions about race, which wasn't being discussed then. And then on top of that, I didn't do any of my homework. Mm -hmm. Then the first Gulf War happened, all right? So war in Iraq, and um, we loved it. Me and my my friends, my close group of friends, for us it was our 1968 moment, do you know (laughs) what I mean? And this was the early 90s, Mm. for us it was like, yeah, it's like Vietnam, bruv. You know, come on, let's do this. We're gonna, we're gonna protest against this war. So the night the war started, and I think it, uh, you know, like America invaded Iraq. This is when Saddam Hussein was in power. Mm. Um, I look back now, and I'll, I'll admit it's toe curlingly embarrassing. All right, <laughs> what we did was we, we blasted "Give Peace a Chance" from John Lennon, John and Yoko. Yeah. Out of our windows, uh, from one o'clock in the morning till six o'clock in the morning, on 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 University Land, where there were lots of halls <laughs> of residence, uh, and we played again and again at full volume, and then possibly someone—don't ask me how—may have introduced LSD into the situation. <laughs> <laughs> and all I remember after that is like kind of coming to my senses at about. in the morning, seeing lots and lots of students going to their 9 o'clock lectures and looking at us and scowling at us and me realising I was in my pyjamas and underpants, as were my (laughs) friends, and that there was a big, big banner made out of hastily stitched together uh, (laughs) bedsheets saying, give peace a chance, hanging from our halls of residence. Amazing. So we retired (laughs) into, into my bedroom and... I don't know how this happened, but whilst we were, I'll just admit it, tripping off our tits, (laughs) the door opened and the sheriff from Nottingham walked. (laughs) With this really red, angry face and just launched into a tirade about, destruction of property. We didn't deserve to be on our, you know, degree courses. He was going to be speaking to the bursar to see if we could pay for the damage. He was thinking of calling the police. And in the middle of this tirade, he just looked over at me and went, you're one of mine, aren't you? You! You're one of mine! As in, I was one of his students. And I kind of went... Nyee! And um, that was it. After that, I never went to his class again. Every time he saw me, uh, on he would, uh, uh, on, the, um, on university property, he would scowl. His face would go red and he'd be grunting and, and, and moaning with hate against me. And I remember at that time thinking, look, all I did was possibly drop acid during the first Gulf War and destroy university property. I didn't do that much. Oh, and I didn't go to any of your lessons. And um, <laughs> the only way to psychologically survive this entire episode was to paint myself as some kind of latter day Robin Hood to everybody. So <laughs> fuck the Sheriff of Nottingham. Fuck him and his merry men and all his bastards with, with and all the people he he had ranged up against me. Fuck off back to Sherwood Forest. Fuck off <laughs> you did. You know, get, you're not crutching in this play with me.
3: That is extraordinary. God I, I mean I don't think I can better the sentence, and standing there was the sheriff of nottingham I mean that was superb. <laughs> <laughs>